Hey everybody, we hope you're having a good uh, holiday week. Uh, this one is Fitness Lying Down. Uh, these guys are not only hilarious, but they have such a unique concept. They're based out of Lacrosse, Wisconsin, out of the old Lacrosse Footwear Building, which just happens to be where Pearl Street Brewery is housed. Coincidence? Eh, maybe not so much, but uh, anyway. Great episode, different way to think about things, coming from a couple different angles from both Anthony and Corey, which are pretty enlightening just because they are so different. Uh, but we want to make sure that you check this one out um, in full because there's some great things in there. Along with that, sign up for the T18 newsletter. We've got a brand new core video brought to you by Dr. Kyle and his wife, Dr. Erica, that we wanted to send to you. But make sure you sign up for the newsletter in order to get that. Enjoy the episode. Very good. Well, we are here in the old lacrosse footwear building and uh, with uh, Corey Cripe and Anthony Dix at Fitness Lying Down. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation we're gonna have here, uh, learn more about you guys. We were talking about uh, asking questions when we are setting up and uh, there's a lot that I have and we didn't get into it yet, so we're saving it for the episode here. So uh, thanks for uh, being here, guys. Uh, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, I guess, for having us here. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> so, a uh, little introduction material. Um, Anthony, uh, functional movement screen levels one and two, uh, youth fitness specialist in high school, strength and conditioning coach through the International Youth Conditioning Association, yeah. correct? Yeah. And then for Corey, uh, BS in exercise and sports science from UWL with an emphasis in fitness and concentration in strength and conditioning in 2001. Uh, CSCS through the NSCA and FMS level one certified through functional movement systems as well. And then a new one that I, I uh, hadn't heard of before is a DVRT master instruction and that is master instructor and that is a dynamic variable resistance training. Is that correct? That's correct. Cool. Uh, so just starting off, tell me, what is that? The DVRT? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the DVRT is those are the people that have created the ultimate sandbags. And so it's more than, they get it a lot where um, people are like, oh, you're the sandbag people. And it's like, no, they're more than the sandbag people. They've created this, this training protocol, I guess, this system of dynamic variable resistance. I mean, it all just says it right there. So it takes it like always beyond like barbells and things like that. It's like, how can we make it more of a practical experience? You know, going, you know, we always talk about like the 3D training, you know, all the dimensions, but it does that, but it does that using kettlebells and the ultimate sandbags are coming out with more tools, things like that. So, um, you know, Anthony, what your DVRT level one, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Cause you have to last, yeah. So there you go. A little prof in there for you. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> just, we, we experienced, actually that's where we met is we met in Chicago five, six years ago. Something like four, maybe? Okay, maybe. Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. But uh, it was through the Perform Better Summit. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, and it was actually funny. I was wearing a it said lacrosse rugby on my shirt, and we were at the hands-on workshop for the Ultimate Sandbag, Josh Henkin. That's the creator of the DVRT system. 
And Anthony comes up and he's like, hey, is that like lacrosse a sport, rugby the sport? Is that like lacrosse city rugby? I'm like, lacrosse city? He's like, I live in lacrosse. He's like, cool. So, I mean, you know, the relationship actually started in Chicago. And it's just as soon as I put my hands on an ultimate sandbag, I was like, this is so, I mean, I hate to use the word cool, but it's like, this has got so many aspects to it. Because at that time, I was actually starting to get burnt out of fitness. Like the whole rep sets, you know, I'm just like working with people, seeing them like sweat, burn calories. You know, they're always like, yeah, I feel strong and all that. But it's just like, it just wasn't enough for me. It's like, there's more to fitness than just this whole confined, you know, and I mean, I was in a functional, I thought I was in a functional world of fitness, but, you know, so hanging on to the ultimate sandbag, realizing that there's just so much more out there than what, you know, I was used to really got me excited. And so I just kind of kept prodding, watching a lot of the YouTube videos. I mean, those guys are great at just putting out information. I mean, they just got a lot of free stuff out there. Um, and then when the irons finally struck, because the job I had at the time, I was working a corporate fitness setting here in La Crosse, okay. and I brought it to my boss's attention. I mean, I basically got whatever I wanted. Okay. And I'm like, hey, ultimate sandbags, let's get them. She's like, you're going to kill somebody with those. <laughs> and I might have sent her the wrong video, you know, because oh. they're doing this, like, reverse lunge coming up, bangs around, you know, and we're, actually, we're working with people with disabilities. Okay. You know, and it's like, but there's more. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. She's like, somebody's spine is going to break. No. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so I mean, you know, as soon as like, as soon as I had the opportunity personally to get an ultimate sandbag, I did. And then that's our huge purchase is like, we're getting ultimate sandbags. The gym is going to be formed around ultimate sandbags. And then the DVRT system is just something that we've adopted into our adapted into our training as well. So um, there's the two different levels: level one, level two, and then you can work your way into the master trainer, which I kind of officially, unofficially, I have to go in September to the powwow meeting. Um, and then I think it's, I go through some initiation or something and then I'm official, but <laughs> they're labeling me as master trainer. So I'm just going to put it out there that I'm master trainer. It's like, uh, I always think about Lego movie, the master builders. I know you're not a big, but it's like, it's like, yeah. So in September you have to start calling me master. Yeah. Okay. Well, I already started. So I guess I'll hold back. Right. <laughs> well, not to my face yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, That's my business partner. He's yeah. the master. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. So. I want everything. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's the DVRT. I mean, it's just such a different concept of what we're being fed by mainstream fitness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so much more than what the education gives us in college. I mean, and the university's hamstringed. You know, they can't give you everything. But man, some of this stuff they got to start incorporating because their fitness students will become more on fire. You know, because it's like, yeah, we can talk more about that, but it's just such so much more, and it's just exciting because they're always coming out with stuff. Which well, is awkward. You know the. I'm, Imagining just the awkwardness of it is that much more challenging than just like a stiff barbell or Correct. something like that, you know, where it's just incorporated. Massage guy Kyle we interviewed. Yeah. He just had these things he calls them vlogs, and it's a water filled physio ball. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, mm -hmm. picking it up, throwing it over, or yeah. setting it over like a squat bar. He used to go and work out at his house. And okay. Those were. I tell you, I used to do that. And actually, interesting. The, the ultimate sandbag itself, you know, you have the shell, but they have filler bags inside. Okay. And they have aqua filler bags as well. You know, so, yeah, I, but I've actually, at my previous job, I did that same thing. Okay. I got the concept, like, well, that's kind of cool, you know. And so you do some chops with the ball or some, you know, going mm -hmm. back and forth because mm -hmm. the way the water sloshes, it's a whole new experience. But the sandbag training is kind of funny because sandbag training used to be known as, like, the poor man training. You know, you just get a burlap sack, you duct tape it, and I mean, but the cumbersome, the, the awkwardness of it, I mean, that's how you really build the strength, because not everything has pretty handles in real life. Right, right. And so there's just so much more carryover to learning about how to engage properly your core as you move with the bag, so. And, and just adaptability, too, I mean, it can conform to you. 
you know, you can hold it or have it sit on you in different places and, you know, you don't have to worry about it digging in or being, you know, and so it's, uh-huh. it really helps you kind of move and, you know, do movement that's loaded as opposed to doing exercises. Yeah. I always like to say the ultimate sandbags goes where barbells can't. You know, there's just so many things that, you know, there's different power clean variations, different snatch variations that you just really can't do with them. I mean, can you rotate and pivot? And, you know, maybe you could, but you better have a lot of space. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, with a sandbag, it's like, boom, there I am. Sure. You know, so I get that rotational power where it's like, yeah, just exploring. Hmm. Are they pretty durable too? Yes, I mean, we've got some that are, this is actually, this is the first one I had. So that's like, what, three years ago? Yeah. I haven't refilled it with sand. Some of them, I think, the ones that get used a lot, you know, people tend to kind of let them pound a little bit more on the ground. So the filler bags lose a little bit of, I mean, they're really durable sealed. They're, they're Velcroed shut. And the filler bags are. Over time, that mm-hmm. Velcro will get loose and this, you know, sand will find any way it right, can. Right. So you get some kind of some powder. Okay. And so then it's time to kind of. Yeah, you just get another filler bag. I mean, the shells themselves will be probably forever. Yeah. You know, unless somebody starts breaking the handles a little bit. But For sure. um, yeah, you just get a filler bag. They're not overly expensive. Mm-hmm. Sand is pretty darn cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, yeah, they're, they're great to have. Nice. Mm-hmm. The handles don't come off very easily. There's a few that I've kind of, yes, a couple that are starting to wear out. But yeah, I mean, just okay. poor. And it's actually, I've it's, stitched my fair share of things back together, just yeah. making stuff up, and it seems to work out. Right, yeah. It's just, due, actually, I, I found out it's more due to the fact of holding on to it wrong. You know, I mean, you're supposed to be holding on more to the middle of the handles, mm-hmm. tends that people will start hanging on to the back end. Yeah. So if you're trying to do a clean like that, you're going to end up, not necessarily snapping, but you kind of warp the handles a little bit. But if you've got that firm middle grip, not a mm-hmm. problem. Hmm. Very cool. So, um, we kind of touched on the sandbag stuff, but uh, what is fitness lying down just in general? Like, would, would tell, us, tell us about you. <laughs> yeah, all of them, because yeah. I really want to know what's behind the name. Why don't you give them the official, like, professional answer about oh, getting back ground around? Based, yeah, the boring yeah. one. Okay. Um, well, uh, <laughs> a, lot of th- a lot of the stuff we do is ground based. You know, and so if you think about kind of the developmental model for, for humans, you know, when you're born, you have tons of mobility, but really no stability, and you start your life in the ground, right? And so you use the ground, you interact with it, and your body trains itself in order to pick your head up, in order to push up, to roll, to sit, kneel, crawl, and then walk, you know? And so, like, I didn't teach my kids to walk. They just learned it from their environment, you know, and the way they're wired. So a lot of people, you know, they're born with good movement, and then over time they lose it because of injuries, repetitive jobs, sitting, whatever. Um, and so a lot of them come in here, and they don't know how to move anymore. Um, their body's kind of lost that, or they've adapted in a negative way. And so we take a lot of people down to the ground, and now use the floor and the environment as a way to kind of reconnect some wires and re-spark something that they lost. You know, we're not creating something new. We're finding something that was that was buried in the back corner, and their body starts to respond appropriately. And now they learn how to, you know, actively, you know, integrate their whole body and move better and get more mobility and stability. So we start kind of lying down and kind of build you back up. So that's kind of the the official kind of answer. There's some there's some tongue in cheek in it as well, right. um, you know. But yeah. Well, and so my side of the story is. Uh, you know, because this is like a marriage, you know, a partnership. So we came from different backgrounds and, you know, we brought things in. So prior to us, you know, when I first met Anthony, he had Cooley Region Boot Camps downtown. You know, and he was working it down there and I was working at my corporate job. 
And, but we had the same kind of like love for fitness and seeing that there's just more than what people are attuned to here in lacrosse, you know, especially just Midwest period. Mm-hmm. And so the job I had, I was starting to get really more into more natural movement stuff and, you know, exploring more. Like I said, I was getting tired of just the usual gym exercises that, yeah, I mean, if you're a bodybuilder, powerlifter, great, but if you're Joe, Jane, Doe, they have no practical implications for your life. And so uh, the previous boss I was talking about, you know, like, is great. I was, they built this brand new wellness center and they hired me and I was there for almost nine years and it was like my program. And like I said, I mean, I had a lot of say because nobody else knew anything about fitness except they watched The Biggest Loser or something like that. So when I wanted to order TRX, you know, they're like, great, I saw that on The Biggest Loser, you know. Order, and I didn't even want battle ropes. She's like, can we get some battle ropes? I'm like, really? Yeah, I saw it on The Biggest Loser. I'm like, okay, you know. Can we get a heavy bag? Biggest Loser? Yeah. Network television. So, but, you know. Now, I would have loved to see what would happen if the ultimate sandbag made its way to the biggest loser. <laughs> right, yeah. But, um, so as I started, and like I said, I was working with people with disabilities, so as we're talking about, I mean, like, that, that developmental pattern of learning, yeah. how great is it to get people on the ground experiencing again, like, just the rolling, rocking, spinal mobility, the, the neurological components of your skin touching the ground, just that whole mm. sensory thing, wow, you know, I mean, just the enrichment. And one day, so I started falling out of favor because I started incorporating this, and apparently I didn't have the approval to do so. And um, this is the first time out of nine years that it's like I needed approval to change exercises. And she was really adamant against it. I mean, she at one point she's like, "This just looks like yoga." I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "I've never done yoga, but all right." And then, um, then she was going back like by just people rocking right on their spines, and I was gonna break somebody's spine. And we're gonna have a lawsuit. I'm like. Really? You know, and she would never try it. And at one point, I mean, I don't know how sensory we are here, like, you know, she told her, she said, you got to stop doing all this fitness line down shit. Okay. You know, I mean, I never, I never thought about it. But then as I was doing this, and so, you know, we had, we had people with disabilities, but then we had more higher functioning, just you's and me's kind of people. Now, I found out everybody has a dysfunction and disability, but, yeah. you know, more of a higher functioning people. And they're like, man, you should really, write stuff about what we're doing here because I don't think anybody does this. I'm like, well, some people do it, just not here. And um, so I started a, a blog, you know, and uh, I went through WordPress and, you know, I'm just, I said, you better come up with something kind of unique. And I'm like, fitness line down. I'm like, why not? You know, just <laughs> told the tongue in cheek. I'm like, thank you. And um, actually the funny thing is I got a phone call from them asking if it was an adult website. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I had to put that together. There's been some tongue in cheeks with clients, you know, kind of. It's like, all right, we're past that. Let's let's move on. And so, yeah, and then I wanted to promote it with a Facebook page. So, you know, Fitness Line Down Facebook page. And um, yeah, it was just, it kind of just evolved from there. So it was kind of getting back at her, I guess, and uh, just having a good time with it because it's hard to say Fitness Line Down without smiling. Mm -hmm. You know, you call up, you're getting your internet set up. Yeah, what's the name of your business? Fitness Line Down. Really? Yeah. You lie down sometimes. <laughs> just like, you know, just, what a I conversation don't, It really is. It's a big icebreaker. So, I mean, it's just, and, you know, I, I, I get tired of like the, the, you know, all these crushed gyms and all this, you know, just, just like, you know, let's just set expectations a little bit differently and see what we get. And so it's been pretty, pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. That's very refreshing to hear all of this, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with dynamic neuromuscular stabilization or DNS technique, but it, a little bit, everything you mm-hmm. said, I mean, is 
that principle. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't teach a baby to roll over or to crawl, and it's just kind of inborn patterns that mm-hmm. go through. So that's pretty sweet that you guys are incorporating that into fitness. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because when you do that kind of stuff, like if I just have somebody rolling side to side, you know, I try not to be too descriptive about it, and they're like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, just go side to side. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to set a lot of rules on this right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, but that's what everybody thirsts for. And, you know, it's like, tell me how to do this. No, I want you to figure that out. You know, I'll give you some nuances and some helping tips, but I want you to explore. You know, I don't, I want to, you know, the whole adage of like, I don't want to give you fish. I want you to catch those fish. Right. So, yeah, I don't want you to just be happy with like, put your feet here. You know, it's okay to actually put one foot here. What? You know, <laughs> when you do push-ups, you can actually put a hand up here. No way. Way. You know, it's just like, some of these people, it's, and, and I don't blame them though, because I'm from that culture of like, that's what you do. You put the barbell on your shoulder, chest is up, you know, and you better make sure you're locked in or else something else is go wrong. Your feet are stable on the floor, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's actually, um, through DVRT, this is some of the stuff they put out, is Josh Henkin was going back on um, one of these manuals from like the 1920s. Then actually the manual said, if you want to change your squat a little bit, bring both feet so they're shoulder width apart. Which meant prior to that they were... Okay. More in a stagger. So I was like, if you want to change it up a little bit, yeah. you know, no kidding. Wow. put both feet on, you know, don't, don't do one like a squat, put both feet on the ground, see how that works. Crazy. And then it's just, yeah. Wow. Maybe that could be your next t-shirt is uh, like just a simple instruction of how to roll over Then you won't even have to say it. Right. <laughs> roll just over, roll, 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 roll back, yeah. turn, turn your head and reach, <laughs> breathe. Yeah. Apparently that's what our clients say is our next shirt should be breathe. You know, because I hate to do the paralysis by analysis, but there are like the simplest things we have to really, you know, we, everything's neurological here, like not just body-wise, but it's a brain involvement. And so people always talk about like how this is more of a thinking clinic than is anything else. Because, you know, somebody's like, oh, my back kind of hurts doing this. Go here. Well, now I got to focus on that, you know, because now my back doesn't hurt anymore. It's like, and so they're always like, where am I going to be? So I hate that aspect of it, but it's like any other skill you learn once you got it. It's you know, make it a habit, it works. But it's doing it right. I mean, that's important too. Instead of, like you said, anyone can make you tired instead of burning people out with crappy patterns. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing it the right way. So, A, they're performing better, B, they're less likely to get injured. Well, right. And that's like the conscious, you know, having making them focus and think about it by making their environment different. You I mean that kind of goes back to like the learning that other DNS stuff. I mean, you learn a pattern, you know, and if it's been 30 years, you've learned it wrong. In order to relearn it and to pull that old movement manual out of the back corner, you have to keep thinking about it because it won't just respond. You have to, you have to overcome that negative pattern until they can, you know, reflexively do it as opposed to having to force it. I kind of explain it as like a, a grassy field and if you drive a vehicle on it, you know, you're going to see those tire tracks in the grass, but then yeah. the grass grows back up or comes yeah. back and then it goes away. So you, in order to like get that movement pattern, you mm-hmm. have to continue to drive back and forth yeah. and then you get the ruts right. on the road and then it's a lot easier. No, that's a great description. I love yeah. that much. Yeah. It's something you can yeah, let it recover in between into your workout so you don't drive yourself into the ground. Okay. Just on the flip side of that. Yeah. We use that now. It's like a pretty long... Okay. Yeah. yeah. With our football guys and whatnot, like you can't just keep running over it. You're gonna kill the grass. <laughs> right, right. You gotta let the thing regrow, which means you gotta recover. Yeah. Sure. So, all kinds of analogies. Oh, yeah. Our last podcast actually uh, we had a lawnmower parent 
and now yeah. I'm too, so just oh, nice. and everything comes back to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we one of the, the topics we had on here is movement patterns and why they are so important. So mm -hmm. is that kind of how what you just said? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, because it's, you know, we want to teach people how to how to move effectively. And like, you know, you go back to a baby, they, they don't just sit there and work on like head nods <laughs> to get their head stronger, you know, like their whole body works together. And so that's the way our bodies just function. And so we, we teach patterns. Um, and, you know, there may be certain body parts that are more overloaded in different patterns than, than other ones. But, you know, it's all about teaching the body how to move together. You know, how to transfer force from lower body to upper body or vice versa. Um, you know, and there's some patterns that work better just to turn things on that are off. And, you know, and so you kind of go that way. But, yeah, we're all about, you know, we're a lot more about patterns than we are about muscles. Right. Yeah, and, you know, muscle memory is actually, you no. Know, <laughs> what is it, Greg Rose, didn't he talk about, like, muscle memory? Like, there's no, there's no science behind muscle memory. Mm. You know, it's, it's pattern recognition. Yeah. You know, there's only so many things you can, like, do, right? I mean, you can hinge your hips, flex your knees, you know, pivot, push, pull, um, change your center of mass. Now, those are the things you can do, so there's only a limited amount of that. But now, it becomes limitless with your environment, you know, hinge to the side, hinge back, lunge forward, you know, all that kind of stuff, pivot. So you can take all those patterns, and as long as you teach, like, the fundamental patterns, you can really grow somebody. So then all of a sudden, now, like, I've... You hear the stories. I love the real life stories. Like, you know, it was weird, Corey. I thought about it the other day. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's like, I went to my drawer to get a measuring cup. I'm like, all right. And they're like, and I just kind of went like this. I'm like, great. They're like, I hinged. I'm like, awesome. You know, it's like, now you need a sandbag. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's just, yeah, pattern recognition. That's what we're all about. Yeah, we don't, I always like to tell people that we're not such an exercise driven, we're just a movement based. So, that's. So with that, and kind of talking about the system through the dynamic variable, and going back to your quote that anybody can make you tired, like, is that, do you guys have, like, progressions and workout plans for each person, or is it kind of a global thing, or how does the class set up, or however you guys have a structure, I haven't, yeah, will be right. the first one to say I haven't gone through and, like, dived into everything, but just how that... How you build them up through, or where you start them, and how all that works. Yeah, and it, except with the group training for Yeah, I mean, because we have we kind of we do two things. One we do we talk group training, which is like a class setting up to yeah. about twelve people, and then we do semi-private, which is now more personal training, um, where everyone has an individual program for themselves. Right. The group, it's like this. This is the group workout. Um, but what we do is, and like, through, through using the FMS, we're able to kind of tailor it, where it's like, all right, we're doing you know these movements today. Um, but if you, you know, have ones on your shoulder mobility, you're not doing this, you're doing this instead. Okay. Um, or, and we, we try to do multiple levels too. Like here's, here's the station here, but here's a level one, two, and a three variation. Um, so it may be as simple as, you know, like, you know, level one's just a straight up plank. You know, level two now may be a plank row. You know, level three, you may add something on top of that. Gotcha. And so the, you know, right clients find what's right for them. And we kind of direct that process a little bit. So you can say, hey, you know, last week you were doing a plank for that whatever 30, 50, whatever seconds it was. You know, like it looked solid. Let's try a plank row once. You know, and we see how, you know, how that feel. Um, and if it goes well, keep doing it. If not, like do a couple, then go back to a plank. Um, or squats, you know, same thing. I mean, we can modify squats with load, with foot placement, with whatever. And so we have, um, in the group format, you know, it's, it's a limited progression range because you can't, you can't just teach in a large group format. 
so many progressions. You have to kind of keep it simple. You know, let's do these three um, progressions. Here's what we're doing. Getting familiar with it. Um, and so just kind of progress. And like for our groups too, like we go in like four week phases. So clients can actually, you know, they know last Monday is the same as this Monday. So last week, you know, when I was squatting their, you know, 16K kettlebell, you know, that seemed kind of, or I did it, say I did it for eight reps, I'm, you know, I'm going to try for 10 this week, you know, or maybe I'll go up to 20K and see if I can do four, you know, just so we're always, they have repeatability, you know, because we don't always want random workouts where it's just kind of always different because then like, how do you measure progress? Right. You know, and so let's, let's, let's do phases so they can, you know, and then and learn too. You know, if you come in here and it's your first time ever working out, and you know, on Monday you did, you know, like squats and push-ups and you know, band rows, and then, but those are brand new to you, and you had a, and you didn't quite figure them out, and then on Wednesday you come in, um, and then you don't do anything that looks anything similar to that. You know, how are you going to learn? And the next Monday it's like totally different again. And so people just aren't learning the patterns. You know, so if we can groove them, but give them variability. Mm -hmm. You know, then dynamic. Yeah, variable. yeah, sure. month to month. Yeah, dynamic variable. So month month, the next month comes around and you just start a whole kind mm -hmm. of difference. But there's a lot of repeats, you know. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is, you know, one, one month we might just have straight up ultimate sandbag power cleans or we might have just goblet cleans with the kettlebell. The next month you might see the same clean, but maybe it's going to be a lateral clean. Yeah, lateral movement. Clean, you know, and maybe the month before we were just working on lateral deadlifts just to kind of, you know, level progressions. So then we just kind of up it a little bit. So mm -hmm. I always like to tell people they have to earn their next progression. Yeah. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm kind of bored right now. Let's, let's do this and spice it up. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, no. It's, and it's sometimes it's hard as a trainer, you know, because it's like, I, I do get, I mean, I don't, I don't get bored. But it's like, oh, I just really want to try this with you. And it's like, but I can't because, you know, you haven't earned it yet. And, sure. You know, and they're usually, and I'm always, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Most clients are just happy where they are. You know, it's like. As soon as I'm ready, kind of, it's like, okay, that looks pretty good. It's time to move on. It's like, oh, I, I like where I'm at right now. I'm like, but do you think you go up a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I mean, we just got to find them where they're at. Personal training is kind of the same way, the semi-private. So Anthony predominantly makes the programs for a group. Um, and then I have the responsibility of doing the semi-private personal training program design. And um, it's all about just taking them where they are. So when they come in for their first session, like some people, like, we only go through the warm-up. And we do that like maybe three or four times around, and that's a good enough workout for them. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, and it's a good ground base. It's all of that stuff we're talking about, rolling, rocking, you know, and it's all developmental. We start on the ground, we end up in a crawl position kind of thing. And the last thing like you learn is to stand. So the fourth warm-up exercise is a standing up exercise, actually, getting up off the ground. And some people like they're just happy being there, and I just know that that's as far as they need to go. Because I, I'm tired of hearing people come back and like, so sore, I can't even walk, you know, it's like, I don't want that. <laughs> well, people come in like, yeah, I felt different, like, I felt what I was working, but, you know, didn't kill me. A hungry for yeah. more than maybe two. I didn't have to hover over the toilet seat to go to the bathroom, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, and then, you know, we just build that into there, because the old Corey would just want to kill you, I mean, yeah. you know, like, oh, I couldn't walk, I'm like, yes, you know, notching the belt, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you like that? No, it's like, well, you're going to get more of it, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm not listening to you, I'm just giving you what I want to give you. So, you know, now it's more about just meet them where they're at and build them up. And, you know, so it, it's kind of, I, I tell you, the most challenging client I have is one that comes in, does well in the movement screen, has had a good fitness background. You can tell that they're physically ready to go and to think, I still have to keep it back. You know, they have to earn their, they have to earn their hip hinge with me before we can do power cleans. 
You know, because I've got some people, like, they have great hip mobility, and as soon as they go into a hinge position, it's like, brrr, it's like, no. Yeah. No. Let's, you know, and then we find the cues to address it. And then before you know it, it doesn't take too long either for a lot of people. Hinge, you know, I mean, once you establish that and repeat the pattern and get it, they got it. You sure. know, and then you can just build on top of it, so it's fun. Yeah. And, and, like, semi-private, I mean, you, you have basic templates, you know, with movement patterns in it. And so each person, you know, fits in a different, you know, on the progression scale, will be in a different spot of that movement pattern, depending on what they need and what their screen says and what their goals are. So you'll screen them initially and then mm-hmm. de-screen down the road as well, just to kind of... We tried. I mean, it, it's yeah. tough because, you know, we've got enough clients now, it's only both of us, and, sure. you know, um, Anthony's got a full-time job at Train, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, we got sessions on top of sessions, it feels like, so it's hard to re-screen people. Personal training, I can't. Yeah. Because like, all right, just come in either a little bit early or we'll just treat it as your warm up, you know. Yeah. But to get people in a group session, mm-hmm. that's what we're, that's some of the logistics we're still trying to iron out right now. And sometimes it'll be kind of more of a spot. Like if I know someone has shoulder mobility and that's their only yeah. issue, it'll just be like, you know, hey, Susan, come here a second. Let's check your shoulder mobility real quick. Sure. You know, it's been a few months and I just want to see how that, you know, corrective. Because like in our, in our groups too, um, you know, we give everyone two basic correctives according to their screen, and that's we tell them it's homework. It'd be interesting if people actually do it at home. You know, like, <laughs> we could do a stat to find out their improvement. Like, yeah, the ones that actually do improve, you've been yeah. doing it, right? Yeah, totally. the ones that haven't. Yeah, you been doing your corrections at home? No. What were they again? <laughs> yeah. So but the, the, that's, that's part of our warm up. Everyone does their correctives in our warm up, just mm-hmm. so you know. Because then too, it just kind of should help address things as we go through the workout, make your workout a little bit better. Plus, it helps us kind of realize, you know, like. All right, we've been doing that corrective for you know six, twelve weeks. Let's check it. You know, is, do, is it working? All right, no. Either we have to change something. Maybe you're not doing it at home, or maybe we need to get you a different corrective and progress that way. Yeah, instead of being, you know, that's the thing is, people just keep doing the same stuff over and over again without mm-hmm. you know any kind of improvement. Well, it doesn't. I know there's the Albert Einstein quote. I don't know if it's you know the quotes, but it's just like that's a that's the definition of insanity. Right. You know, insane is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So, yep. No. And so it's tough, you know, because it's like we get complacent, and you know, and that's where a lot of the, I feel like the big gyms, gyms fail is, you know, the people come in, they're all excited right away, and they walk on the treadmill, they do a round around the machines, like, wow, it feels good, because it's the first time they did it. And then they're just like the hamster, they just keep same pattern every time, before you know it's like, you know, it's just cool to have the membership now, and then they get tired of it, and it's like, just more money than they need to be spending. <laughs> I'm not getting anything out of it anyway. It's like, well, you haven't changed anything. You know, so. Yeah, burn out. Mm-hmm. So that's our... recommend a certain amount of days per week that... Well, I mean, when it comes to physical activity, yeah, we just actually had to ask Anthony all about that. Um, you know, for us, being a training gym that we are, I mean, we recommend two to three days a week with us. Um, obviously, yeah. the more sessions like you strength have, training focus. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not like we don't want people coming in for two day, two hours with us a week, and then sit at home and eat ho hos and be like, "I'm not getting any benefit." It's like, well, what are you doing outside of here? You know, I mean, because people have lives. <laughs> you know, I mean, unlike myself, people actually do stuff outside <laughs> of here, and so I don't want them to be confined to a gym. You know, I mean, I want them to come in and have a great time, but be able to take that outside. You know, be be motivated to actually, you know. Go in the Hickson, go on the river walk, you know, ride your bike, do something else, you know, find, find, and that's, some of our clients, man, they got all these different things they do. They go to the Y for spin on Monday, they'll see us for group on Tuesday, they'll go to hot yoga on Wednesday, they'll come back on Thursday, Friday, something else with their friends. It's like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that's definitely the cross training that people deserve and should have. So definitely, I mean, we're two to three times a week, I think. Um, you know, the more sessions you have, the better. Personal training lasts about 60 minutes, where the group session, I mean, people are out of here within 45 from warm-up to cool-down. You know, it's a... Yeah, Boom. Yeah. It's focused. It's yeah. yeah. Not a lot of that. No, and it's, well, and it's, what's nice about that, too, is it's just the priorities. You know, we're just not aimlessly, I'm just like, boom, 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 we got a list here, we're getting it done, and the groups, the groups change because of whatever wonderful way that he changes them up time-wise, things like that. So, you know, even though the meat and potatoes of the workout last 20 minutes, how are you going to do those 20 minutes? You know, one day it's this many seconds on, one day it's this. And I kind of have a good time in the after, or when I'm conducting the group sessions during the day when he's not here, because people are like, this is so hard. And I'm like... You know who makes them. I'm just here. I, yeah. I'm bringing you around. I don't, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, I just, if you want to yell at me, go to the personal training. But this is all Anthony stuff. And, yeah. and like going back to the time question too, you know, like, like said, we, we don't want people to have their lives focused on the gym. You know, like what we do here should really benefit what you do out there. You know, this shouldn't be the whole focus of your life. I mean, if it is and you enjoy it, that's fine. But, like, everyone was that's like that. That's a 1% population. Yeah, that's a very, very small percent of people. Um, and so it's like, you know, if you enjoy doing other things, like, what we do here should help you do that better. We want to increase the joy outside these walls mm -hmm. by what we do inside these walls. Um, and so, I mean, if, we've had people even come in, like, I want, to, I want to come, like, five, six days a week. <laughs> you know, we're just like, you know what, hold on, like, you haven't worked out in, like, what, six years? You know, like, how about you come in, like, twice a week and then just start taking, like, a five, ten minute walk? I mean... And just start and being outside, you know. Like I mean, I wish we get more people just to be like enjoy your time in the gym, but now use that to go outside more, you know. Because there's so many benefits, health. We want to think about fitness, you know. I mean, like go climb outside, a tree. Go, yeah, go go play in the woods or on the in the grass or just sunshine or something, you know. Because that'll make more, just increase your joy, and the, the world needs more joyful people, you know, a lot more joyful people. Yeah, I know you're the gym. My gym sessions go longer than an hour. <clears throat> do you? Yeah, I, just, I used to be the gym rat. Oh, yeah. Bodybuilding style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In there for an hour. Two hours minimum, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like all the supplement stuff, and now it's just like if this is going to take me longer than an hour, I probably don't want to do it because there's something else I want to be doing. Uh -huh. and see, for, do. for me personally, I actually do the group sessions. Um, so when I do my workout, I'm like, all right, what's the workout today? And it's good because then I get, you know, there's a little empathy for me with the clients, I guess. But then I get a little flow, so I, I realize, like, how this will work. Mm -hmm. But it's just a heck of a workout. And what I like is, you know, the worst trainer you could have is yourself. So there's times where I look at the sheet and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, <laughs> but I'm going to do it, you know. And, and then maybe, excuse me, maybe next week I'll, I'll modify it a little bit, just kind of tailor it. It's still the same pattern. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll change the implement or maybe I'll just do it a little different. I won't do it for everybody else in the group. But you think, okay, I feel like doing this a little bit different. But, you know, for the most part, it's just nice to kind of eat the vegetables a little bit and be like, all right. And then, yeah, I just, I love doing it because it's a pretty quick boom, you know, I mean, 20 minutes. So I do a nice warm up before, hammer that out and then find a little other time during the day to get out, you know, especially the beautiful weather, a lot of walking trails. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. You guys got a lot of, I mean, from the different things we lifted, listed off and it seems like a bunch of different things kind of incorporated together. Like what... What are the systems or things that you find most useful and beneficial, uh, slash like the people that you follow and kind of incorporate what they right. do into what you guys do? Mm -hmm. 
I think, I think a lot of it starts with, yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of it starts with the FMS, you know, Great Cookley, Burton, that's where a lot of it, you know, as I progressed, like, you know, I started like a, you know, a boot camp business, just because, you know, going to the Y, there was nothing that was exciting as far as like group classes go, you know, they, they've actually changed quite a bit, but, um, and so I kind of went that route because I wanted something different and created something different, a little more, more metabolic, high intensity, but then you start to, you look at it and you realize that there's better ways to do this, you know, to do fitness. And so you stumble upon the functional movement screen and just kind of, that, you know, shows you that, hey, there's a better way than, than uh, what a lot of people are doing, you know. So I think that was kind of a, probably the foundation of a lot of our, what we do mm-hmm. is, you know, because it's screening people, you know, because if you're not, you know, if you're not assessing, you're guessing, that kind of, you know, cliche mm-hmm. thing. No, you can't, but, you can't improve what you don't test. Yeah. So, I mean, just and it really, I mean, taking the FMS, so like from my standpoint of being like CSCS, all this kind of stuff, and um, you have to eat a piece of humble pie, you know, because it really makes you rethink what you're doing. Because those same nine years that I was spending on that job working with the same people, once I finally incorporated the FMS after just much internal resistance, it's like, I'm like, wow, nobody, I mean, everybody's mobility sucks. It's like, but I've been working with you for nine years. How could that be? It's like, so you had to do a, a little check, you know, like, mm. then rethink about it. Again, you got to eat that humble pie because, I mean, you could just take the knowledge and be like, nah, all right, that's enough. But, you know, and then that's when I started seeing more improvements because I was measuring people. And that was just, that was a big eye-opener for me, I guess. And that was, I mean, because the conferences that perform better is almost like for a while, it was like the Great Cook Show. You know, we just, I have a little man crush on Greg Cook, I'm not going to lie either. <laughs> the guy's just smart, you know, and I love oh, how he brings that, it down to your level. Like movement book, and it's like, yeah. even if you don't agree with him, that's got some really good points. Right, yeah, and that's what you <laughs> that's find out. That's hard to argue with, yeah. man. Right. And, I mean, he's just got to talk to back it up, and obviously they got the research and things, because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people researching against it. I mean, there's some good points that are made against it, you know, Stu McGill, yeah, things like that. Right. right. But, I mean, it, it works. It, it definitely, I mean, for the general pop, it's... And it wasn't even created for the general population. Right. You know, he made it for high school football players. So it was just, yeah, the functional movement screen, the FMS system. And then um, what really got me a two and two again, was it the same perform better? I don't know, but... It was things that you were asking me to okay. together. Because yeah. then we're... Um, Anthony really follows more outside fitness than I do, I guess. I'm, sometimes I get in my box and I don't look out. But we're sitting down and saying, I wonder if Greg Cook's going to talk about MoveNet, Irvine LaCour. And I'm like... He's like, oh, some French guy that's into this natural movement. I'm like, oh, that seems uninteresting. <laughs> no, so I'm like, this is cool. You know, I was like, wow. And so I go back home. I'm just everything moving at. And so that's the other quote we have on the wall here is think with your whole body, move with your whole mind. That's an Irwanism there. And I just started realizing, like, holy cow, this is because I did the FMS on myself. And I was a pretty good mover all the way around. I mean, I didn't, t- you know, I had somebody scream me, but. Um, Shoulder mobility. I had an asymmetry. Nothing ones or anything like that. I had a three-two asymmetry. And at the time, I just remember, because I shared the story with everybody, at the time, I was really into barbell overhead pressing. Because, like, you know, just the engagement. You feel strong doing that. But, of course, the FMS people would say, you shouldn't load pressing with a dysfunction. So I'm like, okay. Like, I'm going to take my humble pie. I'm going to stop doing that right now. And I'm going to start exploring some more of this MoveNet stuff. So I was watching videos, just kind of, like, learning. So, you know, the videos aren't instructional. Like, Irwan's just sitting there doing a movement. Like, you got to watch it, go, play with a little bit, go back, go play with a little bit. And it did take me 10 months, but finally I got symmetrical both sides, threes, 
And I went to that same barbell with the same weight and I did one press and it was like, I felt like the barbell was going to go through the ceiling. Like I had this newfound left shoulder, like, whoa, you know, lat engagement, lat openness. And I was just like, that was insane. So then I really just started to drink the Kool-Aid then. <laughs> and that's what got me in trouble with my former business then was that I was doing a lot more movement stuff. Um, you know, I was, in, I was still incorporating like it's, the worst thing I think you could do is just buy into a system and say, this is all we're doing, tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, so it's nice to have the FMS, the MoveNet, the DVRT, because actually they all like hold hands and work well together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like trying to bring in bodybuilding applications. Now, bodybuilders, if you got somebody that wants to get big, obviously bodybuilders know what they're doing. You know, but right. is it, just is it practical? What the goal is. Yeah, is it, is it practical for the accountant to get swelled up and all that when he's not competing? You know, he just, you know, he wants to look better. Okay, well, we can still look better and move better. So that's, mm -hmm. those are the kind of the three main systems. Yeah, say D-Movenet, FMS. I mean, you take little pieces from everywhere. Yeah, right. You know? There's a lot of people in the field that are smart. Yeah. We just hold on to those people and, you know, <laughs> drink whatever they're saying. And it's, it's really good. I mean, that's why I like Perform Better, too, because yeah. you can go to a summit and they have 20 speakers. And so you can hit up, you know, a majority of them. And you can find someone new, you know, like, um, and then it's just kind of like, oh, wow, I never really thought about that. And that's what, you know, like Greg Rose, I'm like, oh, I never heard of him before in TPI. And all of a sudden you listen to this and you're like, oh, wow. Like, and then he ties in, you know, they do a pre-con with Greg Cook. So now they're kind of integrating like their four by four matrix with like the FMS. And yeah, that was the really, same one. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, things like everywhere. And then uh, there's, there's a guy who was the strength coach for University of Texas bas men's basketball. Right. I forget his name. Todd, Todd Wright. Um, he did a lot of Gary Gray type stuff, but like, you know, I'm three, sorry, I've heard about yeah, like it's just like a 360, like his movement patterns and how he would just modify stuff from all different, you know, your planes of motion, even like just mm -hmm. some stretches. You're like, you know, you're stretching the hip flexor. Now let's modify it in sagittal plane. Now let's modify it in frontal plane. Now let's, let's, you know, basically create motion in those planes to get a better stretch. Now let's, you know, go transverse and now, and so in every single thing you could try to stretch or move, and then he goes into locomotion, it just kind of opened your eyes, like, oh yeah, you know, like, I don't have to skip in a straight line, I can skip in circles, I can skip and rotate, I can skip laterally, you know, and just like the way you can, I mean, the body's made of movement in so many ways, like, and I was, I was so stuck in my tunnel, you know. Everything's so much sagittal. Yeah. Sagittal plane. Yeah, Absolutely. A, I don't remember who told me, but that guy talking to somebody, he goes, look, the guys I get, I'm paid not to break them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not Division One Texas basketball. Yeah. Like, and that's why I focus on a lot of that stuff, where it's just mm -hmm. pimping them out and putting the film spinners on the back. Right. You have to deliver to your Absolutely. That was where his focus was, not trying to go and do something that's going to end up potentially compromising the guy's athletic ability because mm -hmm. they're already really, really athletic. Right. So. Mm -hmm. You do that, then you're out of a job. Well, yeah. yeah. Instantly. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. You got this high, you got this high performing athlete and you hurt him in the gym because you're trying to do something sexy. It's like, right. see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome All to high school. <laughs> Polish up the resume. Yeah. No. I think we did a lot of these. Um, any specific mistakes that you see uh, people making generally with uh, fitness and nutrition outside of the, the general that we've kind of talked about? Like is it combined? Or are you uh, talking, yeah, are you just talking about general either. pop kind yeah, of doing, yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, so the, the big eye opener for me is my wife is a registered dietitian. And so I know better not to really give nutritional advice. I mean, we can always give the generals, 
but I mean, eat more, eat more veggies, <laughs> you know, eat less ho-hos. And, and the problem is, is, the problem isn't the knowledge, it's the application. Mm-hmm. And this is what I have a problem with, like, I'm going to get on my pulpit a little bit, and maybe it's more of my wife inside of me, because I hear this all, and I'm hook, line, and sinker with what she's talking about, because it's about moderation, you know, that we don't want to label foods. Like, I have a sparkling water that says zero this, zero this equals innocent. <laughs> it's sparkling water. I mean, it's you know, it's like why would the it, it just wow. befuddles me that we have these labels. You know, I can't eat that. That's bad. What makes it bad? You know, if you eat too much of it, it's going to have some negative effects. What's one slice of cake at a party? You know, it's okay. So I just see a lot of people that they know, and then they have the diet mentality, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what it is. They have the diet mentality. My wife works with people that are preparing for gastric bypass surgery. And they'll come in and she has them do a food journal. But their food journals aren't meant to be, you know, the specifics. It's more, what time did you eat? What did you eat in general? Why did you eat it? And if you don't know why you ate it, put I don't know. You know, because it's not about, it's not about the, the how much or anything, it's the whys. You know, why, why were you eating that? Yeah, people come in, I had a quarter cup of chicken breast, you know, a cup of spinach. And it's like all this, it's like... You're not 400 pounds because you're eating this, you know, or bananas, you can't eat bananas because they're going to make you fat because they're white starchies. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, I mean, bananas are going to make you fat. <laughs> a lot of bananas. Yeah. It is a lot. Of, a lot. So, I mean, that's the problem. It's like, it's, just, it's either or with nutrition, you know what I mean? And that's, we want to be sustainable. Like, I want to enjoy a pint of beer, you know? I'm not going to enjoy Mental it. health. That's always my argument. Yeah. Oh. Mental health. Right, it's right, really and there's there's water in it. Yeah, um, carbs. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> carbs are okay. I'm a big fan of carbs, actually. Just not white starchy, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it's just so I just see a lot of people that we try to fix people's food problems, but we don't get to the heart of the matter. You know, it's people's relationships with food. You know, that's what it is. It's more than just eat less, work out more. You know, that's not the problem right now. The problem is like you have a really bad relationship with food. I mean, you're, you're eating for comfort. Now, unless you're educated and certified to do so, what makes you an expert to tell people, like, you shouldn't eat that. That's going to make you fatter or something like that. It's like, no, that's, you know, it'd be the same as, I feel like that's why we have specialists in the field, is if somebody comes and they have a problem with their shoulder joint that's painful, I'm not going to be in, in my fitness hat and say, I'm going to fix that for you because I can't. I'm, that's out of my realm. You know, so I'm going to refer you to a clinician because that's how I operate. I, you know, it's so much freedom knowing that I can't help you with that. I'm sorry. You know, you have to go see somebody else. Um, and I really have a problem with people that give out food plans, meal plans. This is that saying, we are giving them fish and we're not teaching them how to fish. Sure. Because the body needs a variation of essential nutrients. You know, if you go and eat the same thing over and over again, that's not healthy. You know, you need a wide variety of stuff, you know. What's your proteins? Well, it's always ham sandwiches. Well, maybe take out the ham. Why don't you throw in some nuts or something? Put that with a nice whole grain, get some vegetables and fruits in that balanced portion, and you're going to be more sustained. You know, you're going to have more, um, you're going to have that satiety level. You know, you're going to be fuller longer because you've blended all the right nutrients. So I just see the big problem is people going either or, it's good or bad. And they just get in this one mindset that they go this way and it's not sustainable. Before you know it, they're going to fall off the wagon, and they're going to binge. Like many of the yo-yo diets that we already know. People do these diets, it's successful. And then they're like, hey, I lost my 20 pounds, I'm good. And then on comes another 20 on top of that 20 they lost. So 
it's just a really touchy subject with me. I don't know, I babble. <laughs> but I think, too, I was thinking about, you know, kind of an analogy is like strategy versus tactics. You know, like we teach so many tactics. You know, like, well, you know, if you, if you don't eat breakfast, I mean, you're really fast. And, you know, and, which it works. People have seen that it works, but it's not it work for everyone. But you're so focused on, like, tactics. Well, if I just eat chicken breast every day, that's a, that's a tactic. But, like, what's your strategy? Like, how do you, why do you eat what you eat? Like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about food? Like, do you, do you enjoy food? Um, or does, when you eat, does it, how does it make you feel? You know, and so now it's getting into, like, a personal. And same with, like, fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we, well, you come in here and, you know, if you do 20 push-ups and then if you do 25, then do 30, you know, like, you're going to progress and get stronger. But, like, if they hate doing that, you know, like, they're not going to keep doing it. And that, that's a bad strategy. It's maybe good tactics, progressive overload, but the strategy may not be good. You know, and so people want success. They need to have a love or at least an enjoyment of movement, you know, of fitness, and then an enjoyment of how they're eating. Um, at least, you know, eating in, in, a, in an appropriate manner. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can enjoy eating a whole, a whole like, you know, pan of brownies, but afterwards, at the moment, at the moment but afterwards I don't. But like a long term, you know, like, like something. Uh, Brian Kahn is like a, like a, he's like a bodybuilding coach and he had a, he had a post about that too. Just, you know, like if you want to see success in clients, he's like, they have to start to enjoy the process, you know, and that's something we tell people, you know, like it's, it's a lot more about the process than about the product right now, you know, like start to enjoy the process and find an appropriate process and then you'll see success. You know, but if you just focus on the end result only and do whatever you can to get there, then that's where you start to run into problems and issues and stuff. You know, like we're in such a microwave society, we need to be a lot more slow cooker. You know, like let it just slow cook and go instead of oh, I want it now, I want it. The long term approach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, nobody wants that because it's yeah. like, I want to lose 20 pounds by next month. Good luck with that. It takes work. Yeah. I can cut off my right arm. Right? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Done. Twenty pounds. I can give you some bandages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're going to the rice, the icing pans up. If you cut off the right arm, rise. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Another no, podcast. Yeah, we'll leave that one. In. All right. You have any, any questions? Yeah. Anything else you guys wanted to kind of cover broadly that we didn't touch on? Yeah, look at me, the guy has something to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sure we'll first. Yeah, something comes up. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I've got the gist of the gym, the history of it. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to bring enjoyment back to movement. That's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want people to see exercise as a chore. We want to see people to see yeah. movement as an opportunity. You know, I always try to talk about that is find that opportunity. I know it sounds really funny, but when I go out for like my afternoon walk, there's like three huge concrete blocks. And so every now and then I'll hop on one, I'll hop over the other one, and then I'll jump over to the ledge, and then I'll either walk or run instead of using the sidewalk, because it's just like, yeah, different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. might get some weird looks, but that's nothing new. You know, but just finding different opportunities to move around. You know, whatever I can do to change it up a little bit. So we just try to have a good time. Yeah, and, and like, just the enjoyment thing too, you know, I think it, start, it has to start young. You know, when you're a kid, I mean, most kids are extremely active because they're just playing. Mm-hmm. You know, like adults lo- lose that, mm-hmm. you know, just from a, a lot of things in society. But, you know, like, let's start playing again. And let's make fitness something that is play, that is enjoyable. Because then if it's enjoyable when you're 10, and you can keep it enjoyable when you're 15, and when you're 20, now you're an adult and you see movement as joy, as something that's to be enjoyed and, to, and play, as opposed to, I need to punish myself in order to, so I can lose this weight. You know, and now exercise right. is punishment. 
um, and there's negative connotation, where if it's always been enjoyable and always been play-based, now it's something like, oh, you know, I should play a little more, you know, you know and, and then it, long-term, I think society-wide, that's a more benefit, beneficial thing for people. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, what is uh, something you believe that others may not? I think we kind of hit some generals, but if there's anything specifically, it doesn't have to be fitness-related either. <laughs> I had this conversation with a client yesterday, actually. Not a full conversation, but it came to a um, thing. I, I believe that um, Destiny Child, Child is better than Beyonce solo. Um, <laughs> So, and maybe, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I I was just like, you ever seen that starting live sketch um, where it's like some guy said, you know what, I don't, just don't think Beyonce's that good. And like people just start like beating him, you know, like, just like abusing him. I was was scared to say it actually, you know, just like, I had a client, can we get a Beyonce song on the playlist? I'm like, sure, you know, pick one. I picked it and it played and she's like, wasn't that that pumped up? I was just like, no, like it didn't. Like I'm, I mean, different taste, but I'm just kind of like, yeah. Oh shoot, Zach came in on the wrong end of that. I was kind of slamming the song. Oh no. <laughs> but you know, it was just kind of like, I was like, oh, it's an unpopular thing. I don't think Beyonce is as great as everyone thinks she is. Oh, <laughs> just a disclaimer. He said that. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm going to go from my back now and walk down the street. I think Beyonce is pretty good. <laughs> no, I, okay, well, that was, I mean, now I can't, I can't follow that up. It's hard to. Right. <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, something that I believe that other people might not. Yeah. yeah going for a walk over obstacles is more fun than a walk on the sidewalk. Oh, that's just a given. Yeah, wow. everybody believes that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like we, we, we go to Myrick Park with our, with, our, with our kids, you know, and they have that huge oh, jungle yeah. gym play yeah. area. And they're off running around, you know, and like my wife wants to like sit and just kind of talk, you know, and I'm like hopping from like bench to bench, you know, <laughs> and like hopping over like little walls. Yeah. She's just like, can you just stop for a little while? I'm just like, but it's a playground, you know, like this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is my oldest son, yeah. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, uh, it's time to break out and, you know, go beyond the rules and restrictions of fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's where it just really drives me nuts because I was... It sounds so like dramatic, but I was I was chained to that whole mentality. Like you've yep. got to put your hands here, and when you bench press, you got to do this. You can't mm-hmm. you can't have one side be heavier than the other side. No way, you know. So it's like you just got to think outside that box, explore and have fun. Yeah. That's right, man. Some people believe that, some people don't. Sure. You guys had some take home tips that you want to give to the audience. What would they be? Maybe a couple each, or if you have your own set of three. Okay, I got it. Good. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Number one, sleep. <laughs> Find your rest. Because I'll tell you, for me, as the business was starting and all that, I wasn't sleeping, and I just feel like, I felt like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I started, I started gaining weight, things like that. And I mean, there was more things to it than just that, but I made sure, like at night, like I don't really touch my computer keep that off, play with the kids, read a little bit, and I try to find rest time for seven hours. That means I have to go to bed earlier. That's fine. I just get up a little earlier now, and I'm more productive in the morning. So there's that. Now, speaking on that nutrition thing, though, because, like, it's not a nutrition tip, but eat slower. Oh, yeah. Really. Sit down. (laughs) Sit down and eat. You know, that's, that's the one thing that I found out, too, was when I sat down and I didn't have any distractions in front of me and I actually enjoyed my meal. Like, you know, my wife, it's mindful eating. It's take a bite, set the fork down, 
we'll use her term, masticate. <laughs> you know, enjoy the flavor. It's like, yeah, right. And then I, I think my third take-home tip is don't wear shoes so much. Oh, good. So, yeah. follow that up. I know, that's good. Yeah. I'd be honest with you with those three. It's like reverse. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, you know, if I really give tips to anyone would really find like new or real useful. Um, you know, I, I tell anyone, to be honest, like if, put a pull bar in your house. <laughs> You know? And you got one. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, like for me, like, you know, so I have a full time job. I help run this gym. Um, I volunteer for an organization. I spend about 20 hours a weekend. I have three kids. And so, like, workouts are at, you know, workout time is kind of the bottom of the barrel. And so it's like, incorporate movement into your life. So, like, and create habits. You know, like when I go down and take a shower, like, I do a set of push ups before I take a shower. I do a set afterwards. You know, and it's, it's you can say, like, oh, big deal, Anthony, two set of push ups, but like, over the course of a year, you know, like that's several thousand push-ups I just did. Same with like pull bars in my bathroom. I do five pull-ups and then I brush my teeth and then I do five more. Then I go get, you know, like just make your life more easy that you can just move, you know. And not that I'm working out, I'm not getting sweaty. I'm just moving, you know, kind of that whole grease the groove type concept, you mm -hmm. know. I just do a few quality reps and just incorporate it. So that's what I would say. I mean, put a pull-up bar in your house. That's one. Um, I was going to do the barefoot one too, but I figured you'd probably take that. But I, I'd say, you know, like, just, I'd say just play more sports. That's something, that's something we lose, I think, is just the enjoyment of games. Um, and games can look different, different ways. They don't have to be ball sports. They could be just silly games, playground games. But just play more. Be a kid. Um, yeah, be a kid. Exactly. Kids have it so well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know, just a small side story is that my daughter, she's in third grade, my oldest. And they'd bring a parent to school day. And so I brought it all to the sandbag and I brought one of our maces, you know, and all the kids were like, ah. And I told them, like, you know what, adults don't like to play anymore. And they're like, what? You know? Yeah. It's like adults don't like recess. <clears throat> adults don't. I'm like, yeah, it's sad, you know? <laughs> so we give them sandbags now. That's so, yeah, just, I mean, those kids, they got it, you know? We don't have to. My daughter is asking about when she can work out here. It's like, mm -hmm. not for a long time, sweetheart, because you just keep playing that unstructured play you do with your yeah. friends, mm -hmm. and you're going to have a lot more fun than if daddy tells you to do 10 reps. Right. You know, right. So it's like, I want to be back there. Yeah. I want to jump around. I'll come here with my kids, and, yeah. you know, like, maybe I'll grab a workout quick, you know, but they're just playing, you know, and they're, they're putting the two-by-fours on the ground and trying to crawl on a balance beam. Mm -hmm. They're throwing things at each other, you know, like, they might pick up something, you know, kind of for fun, but they're just playing, playing tag. Um, yeah, it's like uh, self-limiting too, you know, they try to pick up a heavy sandbag, it's not working. Yeah. So then they go so down the line, oh, can't pick that one up, and they, you know, oh, I got this one, you know. So yeah, it's just, yeah, being a kid, exploring, having a fun time. Yeah. I'd say third tip is just make life more manual. You know, like so many things we do are done for us to make life more easy or easier. Um, you know, like how often do you just kind of wheel your carry-on behind you? Carry it. You know, like, you want to use a cart or something, like, carry something instead. You know, like, make life more manual. You know, my, my wife has a habit of, say we have something upstairs we want to put in the basement, you know. She'll just, say we're cleaning or organizing, she'll kind of stack up multiple things. She's, so she makes one trip down the stairs, puts it all there, comes back up. Where I'm like, she's like, let's go downstairs. I'm like, okay, I got it. And she's like, well, wait. I was like, no. I was like, I'll go down and come back up. You know, like, because I just... It's just, I'm more active that way. And that's, I, I grew up on a farm, and so, like, I, I kind of crave manual labor and physical activity. Um, but, I mean, 
So many people avoid physical activity and just little things, you know, and they say taking the stairs. I mean, just take the stairs, carry your stuff, you know, and just things like that. So that'd be the third tip, I guess. Amen. What's the most influential purchase for hundred hours or less? It can be fitness or otherwise. And my, book. <laughs> my book. My <laughs> book. I don't have a book. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a Beyonce CD. <laughs> yeah, Beyonce CD is the best thing you could ever get. I love you, Beyonce. <laughs> um, She's going to listen to this. I know. Song. We'll, we'll tag her on it. Yeah. Yeah, so my question $100 or less, and it doesn't have to be fitness. It can be fitness. It can be. Helps. Yeah. You know, because I saw that question on your thing, and the, the most. Obviously, the obvious answer for me is the ultimate sandbag. I wouldn't have guessed that. I yeah. Think that's... My mom, you know, she, she bought an ultimate sandbag. She sent me a picture yesterday. It came in the mail. She's like, it feels like Christmas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you get one for under 100? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, the bigger they come, the... Yeah, small ones you get under I think right? the power bag, yeah, because you've, you've got the core, power, strength, burly. So at least for the, you know, that can go a long ways. And there's just so many things they could do with it. But I don't really know, like... Thinking fitness, man, bands work well. It's just, but you gotta use your imagination because people see a band and all they see is like one or two exercises. Mm -hmm. There's just so much more you can do with it. Sure. And I think that's underutilized a lot. I mean, you see it more in like the in the athletic world, people using bands, but like in regular fitness, I mean, because all of a sudden you you're adding a horizontal vector to anything. You know, I think bands are, you know, and then this, the accommodating resistance that come with that comes with it. You know, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's a, for me, I feel like that would be. A, the ultimate sandbag yeah. over the bands, but then yeah. bands, you know, because you can buy a smaller bag and you can still have some money left over. You get mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And like, seriously, if you go to like, you can buy a, a set of bands, you know, like kind of a small, medium, large together for like 50 bucks total. And now like you can travel with it. Like, you know, the, each one weighs like half a pound. Throw it, you fold it up, throw it in your carry-on or whatever. I mean, attach it to something sturdy and yeah. have fun. Yeah. There you go. Book recommendations? Um, last year, my favorite book I read was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink yeah. and Leif Babin. Um, so that's a great one just for, and even I, any, anyone should read it. It doesn't mean you have to be a leader, but it's just how to be a better person, I think. Take, yeah, a, take, take accountability for yourself and your actions and for those who you have an influence over. Um, I think that's a lot more than you realize, you know, your kids, even coworkers, whatever the case may be. And even how to respond as someone who has accountability over you. It's a good one. Um, like, uh, you know, the power of habit, you know, Charles Duhigg, I forget how to his name. But it basically is about, like, how do you create habits to overcome things. Yep. Um, that's a good book. Um, what would be another one? I remember one last year called, uh, what was it? Smarter, Faster, Better, I think. Because it's those three words, I forget which order they're in. But it's just, like, how to take situations and, like, overcome them, how to do them better. Um, so it's interesting reading. He uses like stories to, and he tells the story first, and then he explains the story afterwards, and he'll like kind of cut in and out about how to analyze data, how to overcome problems, how to deal with like sensory overload, and how we focus on things, you know, like, 
why did this airplane why did this airplane crash when they had a minor malfunction and this one landed when their wing blew up? You know, because of how they analyzed like, like the checklist manifesto. Hmm. Talks a lot about that. Okay. the importance of checklists. And yeah. How it's worked for certain things. And use yeah. A lot of it's written by an MD. Okay. Checklist manifesto. But he talks a lot yeah. about airlines and how. Mm-hmm. And this they one. Died by it. Yeah. This one was. Um, it was more of a, like uh, having mental models, mm-hmm. you know. And so if you know what's right, then when it's wrong, you can identify it a lot better, um, you know. And so. So like, you know, kind of spoiler, so there's an airplane that, you know, real complicated, you know, big jet airliner, um, it's like an Airbus 380 or something. When you get high enough, your, one of your sensors will freeze, so you don't know how fast you're going. So alarms go off, and it's so sophisticated, all these alarms go off, and they didn't know what it was exactly, and they kind of figured out, let's go down so it gets warmer, but the guy, because he's overwhelmed, ended up pulling up instead, not knowing he did, and then it just, just basically kind of snowballed, and ended up, the whole thing crashes in the middle of the ocean, and like... Few hundred people die because a sensor that's not even necessary for their, you know, for their operation froze up and the alarms just froze them and they couldn't handle what's going on. Other story is the guys like whole engine blew up, but because he had mental models and they had rehearsed as a crew, you know, the pilots and co-pilots, yeah. if something bad happens, what do we do? And they rehearsed it and so they knew what a good landing was, even though he had like didn't have the ability to land properly. You know, he used to fly simple planes, little Cessnas. Yeah. And he's like, he thought back, this was a Cessna, how would I land it? You know, and so he had the mental model of what to do. He was able to land it and like no one was hurt or injured. And <laughs> he, was, he, said, he said it was like the most damaged plane they've ever seen land, um, like without crashing, like in the history. Like, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was really, it was an interesting book. So I think it's smarter, faster, better. Same with the yeah. yeah. Actually, it's the current book I'm in right now. I haven't finished it, but it's called Resisting Happiness. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, one of those, oh, I know about this, but I need to, you know, identify things, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, people know what makes them happy. So why do they keep doing things that make them unhappy? You know, so it's identifying that. And what he defines as resistance. So the resistance is anything that prevents you from achieving goals, right? So... Facebook, <laughs> you know, like uh, laziness, you know, all this different stuff where it's like, you know, you know you have something to do, so I'm just not going to do it right now, but you know doing that thing is going to make you happy, so why are you, you know, because resistance wants you, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and that's the battles that, you know, as soon as you wake up in the morning, it starts with the uh, snooze button, you know, you hit the snooze button, you're already giving in to resistance, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm really enjoying that book, I don't, I don't get the opportunity to read as much as I would like, um, but that, that's a good one right now, it's kind of just an uplifting just follow, follow what makes you happy, you know, to know that resistance does win some battles, you know, but don't let it win the war. So right now, I think that would be, just because it's on my shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think we kind of covered the, uh, making it complicated, so ask it if you want. Um, so uh, the question is, in your area of expertise, how would you make what you do that is complicated is simple, and I feel like that's kind of what you guys are all about is kind of simplifying things. Yeah. Boy, do we ever. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's so funny how people are like, it's so simple. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. One of a great example, I think, was like with the sandbags. Um, like, teaching someone to hinge and trying to get like lat engagement, you know, and good posture and stabilization um, through their spine. It's like, you tell them, we really want you to, you know, engage your lats, you know, or, you know, do all these things, all these tricks and tips, and people just, it's, 
can get complicated. People don't understand what you're talking about. But if you grab these sandbag handles, say, I want you to pull the handles apart as hard as you can. And then, and then like, that's simple. You know, so external like, cues. external cues yeah. um, and using your environment. The environment made them do that. You know, just by you have to move against your environment. The environment made you engage. Um, and they learn so, that cue, and then when they have something that doesn't have fancy little handles, they know how can they still like, do that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, yeah, we really, I mean, that's the compliment we get too, is just like how simple things are, but yet, they're not easy. Mm-hmm. You sure. know I mean? Simple doesn't need to be easy. Right. right. So we don't want to complicate with, I mean, we have a lot of cool looking things. We have a lot of complex drills that we give people, but again, they have to earn it. You know, it's not like day one you're going to come in, hey, I want you to do this spin thing, lunge down, come back up, press out on one leg. You know, that's pretty cool, yeah, but let's first work our way up there. So it's kind of fun when we get, especially in the semi-private realm, when we get a new client that comes in and they're just busy rolling on the floor and rocking, and then they see one of our more expertise clients like doing some of the advanced stuff, and they're like, well, I'll never be able to do that. And those are like the famous last words, because then a year later, they're like, I, can't, I told you I wasn't going to be able to do this, and now you're going to have me do it. I'm like, you're ready. And they are. They're actually like... Yeah, I feel like right now I could do that. And then they do it, and they're like, I did it! It's like, I know. <laughs> I have more faith in you than you have in yourself. So, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a blessing to work here and to see, see the improvements that people experience, not just here, but to hear the stories outside of here. Just, that's what keeps the ball turning for me. For sure. All right, last one. You can go back 10 years, 15 years, we'll let you guys set the setting for that, but can't tell yourself anything. Your training or your education or whatever it is, what would it be? Squatting on a stability ball is not functional. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Get off that damn ball, Corey. (laughs) You did great, you had great form, but you learned nothing. (laughs) Hmm. What do I tell myself? I'm trying to. You know, like I would. I would say it's more like, you know, everything that happens, um, you know, you control your response. Um, and so you can't control what people do to you, but you control how you respond to what they mm-hmm. do to you. Um, and just how, you know, everything that happens, you know, you, is a choice. And so if I think about things that I regret, it's because I chose to do something that was either unwise or was the easy way out. And so, I, you know, and so you realize that everything you do has a consequence to it. And you chose that consequence by doing that action. And so it's easy to be like, well, I'm just, I want to be lazy and, do, and avoid things. And so I, yeah, tell them that, like, everything you, you do has a consequence, and you choose that consequence. And so you need to choose, you know, to just tell, tell our kids that. You know, when they, they do something disobedient, you know, then they get a consequence for it. And like, well, you know, you realize, you know, what happens when you obey, what happens when you disobey? There's a consequence, right? You chose a consequence. Same thing, you know, tell, tell myself when I was in college or whatever, when I was first getting married, everything you do has a consequence to it, and I choose that consequence by doing my actions. Dang, the way you said that story, I want to get a DeLorean and go 10 years back yeah. and see what you did. It's, it's, it's probably nothing real big, but it's just... No, like, I know, it's just, just an accumulation. It's like, I was like, this is getting deep, man. Yeah, it's just an accumulation of things. I'm going to layer the onion on. You know, yeah. I'm going to call Doc Brown and get a DeLorean. There you go. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, where can people find you? Facebook huge, you know, I mean, fitness line down, we're, we like to put more content out there, but we really got a lot of videos going on, we have the Ask Anthony, um, Kettlebells and Coffee, I'm kind of going to introduce another one next Monday, so I'm, and I've, I've already said in the video, like, I don't know if I can do this weekly, 
But every now and then I'll have a little inspiration. I'm gonna, I got another little kind of video tip going on. Um, but Facebook is huge. I mean, we have a web page too, but... Fitnesslinedown.com. Yeah, yeah, pretty simple there. So yeah, that's, that's where they can find us electronically. If not, after they're done uh, at Pearl Street Brewery, they can just walk a little bit more east. Yeah. Go through the doors and come upstairs. Or vice versa. Maybe that can be the recovery drink. There you go. I always talk about Gator Ale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. It's actually, I mean, there's some science behind some good old barley and all that stuff. I was doing a research study or two on that. I'm not going to lie. Small amounts, of course, but, you know. Moderation. Yeah, we talked about Absolutely. Everything in moderation, including moderation. So, um, yeah, no, basically, you know, find us on Facebook, and we're right in the heart of lacrosse. That's what we love about our location. It's how central we are. Yeah, definitely. And you're close to a brewery. There's that, yeah. Well, totally coincidental. Thank you guys. Excellent. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube and any podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy Newsletter. You'll get direct links to all new clinically pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated simple and optimize performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode. Well, yeah, that sounds good. I love that shirt, by the way. I, those are great cues. And Told it's you. I know. All of your shirts are awesome. Yeah. Like your whole video, like we hit the friends don't let friends average. Yeah. Oh, loved it. Yeah. I went to seeing that and he shared it, and then mm-hmm. I happened to see it on there, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, amen. Yeah. You know, really. That. I we just like I just hear it. I like the conversational pieces. You know, like the I love sandbags that we have. I mean, that's a pretty popular shirt mm-hmm. of ours. And so, and then what's great is that, you know, people wear them about. Right. And so, you know, I get a lot of people like, uh, one of our clients, she uh, plays pickleball at the Y. <laughs> and she was wearing her I Love Sandbag shirt. One of these like, really? She's like, Sandbags? <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it's a conversational thing. Right, yeah. so, you know, people wearing them in airports. I've heard stories about, you know, TSA, like giving them, you know, grief, because, in like, you know, in a friendly playful way because it's like hey sandbag person come over here you know oh, yeah. just like so it's just i don't know i mean it's it's fun yeah. if they're wearing them out i mean this is one shirt that you know kind of a prototype see how it goes mm-hmm. and yeah i just like it because yeah. clients responded well to right. it right i'm so. just like hey you over there and they're like right. yeah right yeah. <laughs> you know save your breath you know, <laughs> right. right here so it's it's just funny because but then when you wear it and you say it it's just like i feel kind of sheepish it's like all right you guys let's put our ribs down but tight you know? <laughs> so i mean we've already got some people that are like oh when those shirts come out i want one so it's just having a good time yeah nice i like it